social conversations. Now, that uh, was an audio clip from a TEDx um, talk, I believe, that our guest, uh, Cheryl Bernardi, uh, did um, some time ago. Now, Cheryl is a passionate speaker. She's an author. One of her books, The Wholeness Revolution, and she's also a trainer and a facilitator. She's joining us this evening to talk uh, 16 days of activism against gender-based violence, but taking a, a very different approach. We are going to be talking about how we can explore ways to address the men who abuse and stop making it the woman's responsibility for the abuse to stop. Please join in on this conversation, 0614104107. You can also uh, call in on 086 SMSs go to 41391. Cheryl, thank you very much for joining us. Good evening. Good evening, Patricia. Thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this tonight. So it's, it's, it's a very heavy conversation, but one that we have to have. Um, mm-hmm. Ever so often here on the show, we try to address such social ills, but very important for these 16 days of activism. The approach that you are taking when it comes to this discussion is a different one. Um, you are saying, let's start addressing men. Yeah. How do we start that conversation? <laughs> And I, I gave you that pregnant pause intentionally because <laughs> when we speak gender-based violence, a lot mm-hmm. of people can come back and hit and say violence is perpetrated by both men and women. Mm-hmm. However, statistics are showing that, you know, the, the larger number of uh, perpetrators are men and not women okay. because, um, I mean, stats are saying one in three women experience mm-hmm. gender-based violence during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So how do we start this conversation? I think we start, you know, where we, where we all began from, and that's in our homes of birth. And that's why in my, in my TEDx talk, I was speaking about what are you born into? We're born into, I call it the fairy tale, life as it's been given to us by culture, tradition, and if you really go deep into the roots, and this is why I'm trying to shift the narrative around gender-based violence, around these days of activism, because we can't just keep be doing platitudes any longer, you know? We really have to start getting to the roots of it. And what are the roots? It's actually just how relationships happen in the home. That's where we learn about money. That's where we learn about life and love and friendship. And so that's really where it starts is, what was your home environment like? Was love healthy or was it toxic? Hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and th- <laughs> this is an introspective one, right? Because it's relative. Mm-hmm. It's, it's relative to everyone um, until we grow up. Uh, others will say it was healthy because I didn't see physical violence. Mm. But on the other hand, others might say it was unhealthy and toxic because there was absolute silence and there was a family member, maybe the father, who no one spoke to and feared, but he, he never really did anything wrong. So it, it, it should be a relative answer depending on how you grew up. And you see, Patricia, I think that's where the challenge is because everyone's experience is unique. And while we all have different unique stories, there's definitely commonalities. So the recent research has shown that one in two women in South Africa will experience intimate partner violence before the age of 50. But that also means that the people that's in the home is witnessing this. 
So that's what I grew up with. I was born into um, a war story, right? I didn't know that that this was not what everybody else experienced. This was my normal. So I learned about love being, you know, um, tenuous and scary. And then, you know, we have these cycles that we all uh, kind of uh, brought into. And so the research shows that women who grow up in homes where they experience domestic violence or they witness it, they are more likely to choose an abusive partner. Why? Because that's what's familiar to them. And this is what I wanted to talk about tonight, is that the boys who grow up witnessing their fathers or their, or, or their mom's partners um, being violent towards them, they become 10 times more likely as adults to abuse their partners. So it's learned behavior. Because children who grow up in these homes, they don't have a voice. They don't have an identity. We become role players in our caregiver's story. And we don't know that we have a right to our own life. Sure. I've got an A-teamer who's just sent us a voice note. I'd like us to go to mm-hmm. it quickly. Sure. Patricia, I am going to be very controversial in what I'm going to say. Um, this addressing men, addressing men who are doing the violence, yes, we have to do that, but it's not the only side of things. I came across a lady, a very young lady, very beautiful lady um, on social media. She was talking about a, a boyfriend that she met um, and she dated for about two weeks. This boy tried to rape her on the first date. On the first date, this boy tried to rape her, but she was talking about how confused she was that she allowed him to be her boyfriend. They went on to date for two weeks, and then in the two weeks, the boy tried to rape her twice again, and people were asking on social media what caused her to continue to allow her to be the boyfriend but she couldn't have an answer. Sometimes people choose abusers and they don't know why they chose abusers. That's another thing that has to be discussed as controversial as it is. Yeah, I I agree with this A-teamer that there are times that Mm. people will choose an abusive situation or relationship. Um, and it seems like it's a it's a conscious choice, but I don't believe it is because you are speaking about the way people are brought up mm-hmm. and the environments you are brought up in. If they were abusive, then subconsciously you are going to always choose that environment that perpetrates the way you grew up. I don't know if you mm-hmm. agree with this, Cheryl. I 100% agree with that because there's multiple messages that is telling a woman how to be uh, in this world. So I grew up watching a lot of Bollywood movies where marriage is always, you know, the ultimate thing. I read lots of romance novels thinking, if I just find someone to love me, then I will feel like enough. Because if you've grown up in homes where we haven't had those uh, needs met, then we do go look for that. So this this girl that she's mentioning, um, it's almost like it's acceptable to give yourself away in ways that you don't feel comfortable with in order to be loved. Think about um, twi- the, the whole Twilight series, that whole thing that people love, it's oh, so romantic. It's actually very toxic and codependent and very dangerous. Think about Fifty Shades of Grey. In the end, he becomes this wonderful man that loves her, but that doesn't happen in real life. So we've been trained as women 
to try and make princes out of monsters. It doesn't work in real life. Mm. So when it comes to uh, addressing men, because that's what you want us to do, especially the men who perpetrate, I feel we should start addressing boys, Mm -hmm. not the men as yet. Yes, we will come to that. Why I say this is a a man doesn't become a man all of a sudden. He doesn't just learn things because now he's 21 and the age of accountability. He does them and he learns them and they are modeled before him uh, when he is still a growing man. So how do we address our young boys? Oh, Patricia, this is such a difficult, complex topic, isn't it? Because we have such an issue of fatherlessness in South Africa. Indeed. So if we don't have a boy who's vulnerable, as much as a girl is vulnerable, and that's why I'm saying we need to address both sides. I'm not saying only address the men and, you know, uh, the women are innocent in this whole thing. When I say innocent, I mean we also have to own our part in the story. But with the boys who don't have these healthy modeling, where are they getting it from? They're getting it on the sports field. They're getting it with gangs. They're getting it with uh, pop culture, uh, social media. You know, um, to be a man is, you know, X, Y, and Z. So I have to be that. Fundamentally, when it comes down to the real issue, men and women are human. We have human needs to be accepted and to be loved. It manifests itself in different ways um, for males and females. But fundamentally, that, that's what it is. So when a man is becoming an abuser, he is also having this need to feel loved and accepted, but he doesn't know how to do that, so then he gives into control. Okay, so what is at the root of control? Most often, at the root of control is fear. And the same fears that women have is the same fears men have. They just can't articulate it enough. So the fear of loss, the fear of rejection, the fear of inadequacy, the fear of... I'm not valuable, I'm not worthy. Women are easy to talk to. We, we love to talk about our feelings. Men can't. So they bottle it up inside and they don't address it. And also, where are there safe places for men to remove their masks? We don't have that. So how do we start cultivating positive ways for men to be able to connect? I think in faith communities, there are safe places for men to actually be themselves and to grow. But it's not as common as it, as it needs to be. And like you said, to to help these young boys to really know what wholeness is, because that's really what I'm trying to share in my message, is that the feeling of being disconnected, that feeling of being broken, right? If you feel broken, you feel out of control. So you want to try and get that control. Um, but the answer to, to trying getting whole is not to breaking other people. It's to finding a way to heal yourself and to reconnect your head and heart. And that's Every person's job, male and female. Let's go to a quick break and uh, we'll be back with this conversation. A-teamers, remember you can join in on the conversation on 0614-104-107. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Social Conversations. We are still in conversation with uh, Cheryl uh, Bernardi, um, who is um, 
a, a speaker. She's an author, uh, and she is also a trainer and a facilitator. We're talking gender-based violence during the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence and uh, trying to say, let's address the men who abuse and um, speak to the perpetrators so that at least we are making a difference somewhere. And I'm hoping that this conversation is helping us. Cheryl, you you cite that you've even experienced spiritual abuse as a person. Mm -hmm. Was this perpetrated by men as well? Yes. So let me just give a quick background into the escalation of it. And this is why I'm so passionate about helping every person to heal, male and female, if they've come from a place where they felt broken. Um, I grew up in a home where there was domestic violence. I was the eldest child. I really felt like I wasn't able to save my family. Um, I decided that I needed an older boyfriend, you know, um, because that was what I knew. I wanted to prove that I was worthy of love. These are all codependency things that you don't know at that age you are perpetuating. Um, At age 17, I was raped. Uh, One of the, the statistics around girls who grow up in these homes is that, um, you know, they are six times more likely to experience sexual abuse. And coming back to what the caller said, why didn't that young girl know that the first time he tried it, she should have walked away? And it's because we aren't helping young women to really own their voice, to know their value, to say, this is not okay. No, because your voice gets stuck inside and, you know, in, in all of these things that you grow up in. Um, so I couldn't tell anybody about it because I had no safe people in my life to talk to about that. And then that kind of um, got worse, and I was in this uh, relationship, and this person who was supposed to get married, I was age 22, and he came home one day, and he was drunk, and he beat me up. And I'd always told him that that would be my deal breaker because he knew that I was trying to to not be a statistic you know, so in that moment, I was really mad because I was trying to escape the story. I had to go back to my parents' home, which is very hard because I was trying to escape that. Um, I was able to be strong enough to leave that relationship because I knew if I go back, it's just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people always think, why doesn't she leave if it's so horrible? It's because we don't know that we can and we don't know how to live outside of this familiarity. You know, we don't actually have a strong sense of self and identity. And you feel like you are disconnected from other people. You feel like there's something wrong with you, you know. So even though I was able to leave that relationship, I was able to get a good job and luckily I was able to study and, you know, work and have my own place. I still felt like I was stuck in survival. So I went into coping mechanisms of shopping um, and that got me into like a lot of debt. Um, and I just kept drifting until I really felt like I was in a, in a desperate place, and that's when I found this uh, faith community I thought was really great, but over time I realized there was a familiar control again. It was almost like I had this magnet for abusers, and I'm thinking, what is wrong? <laughs> Why do I have this thing in my life where I keep getting drawn to these situations? And it was only at age 30 when I could not be going back to this place again, that I realized I needed to get help because mm-hmm. there was something in me that kept bringing me back to these familiar places. And actually, the person that was um, the pastor of that church, he's actually the one that there's some controversy around his passing because last year he passed away on the um, 15th of August. He's still not been buried. Wow. So that's 
that just tells you the extent of the craziness there, right? So, you know, Patricia, I think people, it's so hard to talk about this because we don't want this to be our story. We all want to be normal and happy. (laughs) Um, You know, so it took me a long time to actually own this, to write Mm -hmm. it down in the book because it's not just me. There's millions of people in this country. There's 115 women who are raped every single day. And to live with that shame, to live with that pain, uh, it can be so overwhelming. We're seeing this mental health crisis escalating, um, suicides increasing. That's all telling me that we are not okay. We, we're feeling broken. We're feeling disconnected from ourselves. You know, so the spiritual abuse is also kind of um, just familiar. You know, uh, there's control. There's uh, you do what I say. You know, you don't actually know what's best for your life. I know what's best for your life. But yeah, so you want to say something? Yeah, I was saying uh, from the description, <laughs> I now already know where you were <laughs> because okay. yeah, it's it's been a trending one. Um, I've got an A-teamer, Sipisitla, uh, who's on the line. Sipisitla, good evening. A very good evening, Patricia, and to your guests, Sharon, and to the listeners. And thank you so much for taking taking me in. Uh, okay, well, to 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 um, touch base on the conversation that you're having there in the studio. Um, I would like to begin by mentioning the fact that uh, I work for an organization. Mm-hmm. You're going to keep it short, right? It's yeah. <laughs> well, well, I'm going to try. <laughs> yeah, so I, I work for an organization called Nkunzi Matsulene that is mm-hmm. based in the district of Nkungunjo. And then we're working particularly uh, with the community on issues such as the one that we're discussing, gender-based violence. We have a component for that one as well as a component for adults and young boys as well as um, the young men. Um, and one for men's program. So one thing that I'd like to share is the fact that um, in as much as everything that you've said is very much true, but then again, um, there, is some, uh, there is something lacking in terms of accuracy, in terms of the arguments, but uh, well, I respect your subjective opinions because one thing that Sharon did mention was the fact that men don't want to come out about the issues that they're facing. And one other thing that I feel like we need to do is to outline and to explain, elaborate on the meaning of gender-based violence, not to treat as women abuse, because when we speak about gender-based violence, there are different types of gender-based violence. And we may as well uh, conclude that men are more susceptible to other forms of gender-based violence other than physical abuse, rather than um, the case with women who are more susceptible to physical uh, abuse. So in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in that sense, um, we, we may as well draw a conclusion to say that men also face uh, violence from their female counterparts, but the only issue is that they don't have safe spaces where they can share their concerns and find a place to heal, which is really a problem. And one other issue that we need to address lastly uh, is one of not um, disseminating these ideologies of feminism in order to turn the women against the men because they're really breaking down the, the, the family structures. When you look mm-hmm. at the and the number of divorces that are occurring. That is because now it's more like uh, we are waging a war between these two I'm genders. going to have to cut you. Thank you very much. Um, Cheryl, I'm going to ask you to please uh, stay with us until after the news so we can wrap up. I wish we had more time to hear from Sipesitle. I would have loved to get the name of his organization. Well, he gave it to us in Kunsematolin, but contact details. But time is not on my side. Do you mind staying with me, Cheryl? I'll definitely stay on. Thank you. Excellent. It's 11 o'clock, A-teamers. We'll continue with this conversation after Mudupi has given us the Wola update. Mudupi, how does it feel being part of the winning station of the year? Wola? 
You are listening to the station of the year, SAFM, leading the conversation. We're wrapping up our social conversation with uh, Cheryl Bernardi, um, and then straight after that, we get into your closet conversation, right? So before the news, we had A.T. Masipesitle call in, who's got an organization in KZN called Inkunzi Isematoleni, if I'm not mistaken. And I was saying I wish we had more time to listen to what they do at their organization. Um, but I enjoyed his perspective, and I wanted to get uh, Cheryl's you know, thoughts around what Sipesitle said. Cheryl? Hi, Patricia. Thanks for having me on again. Yeah, I think, you know, what he's doing is amazing. I think we need more of that, giving men a safe space to say, this is actually what I'm also feeling and going through and uh, helping boys and men. I like that he actually um, is addressing boys and men, <laughs> so getting them, you know, before they get into a stage of, like, feeling that they're alone. I think that's very valuable, and you need to find ways to replicate that um, in in every part of the country and then he mentioned the the aspect around feminism you know and that's always i think uh, a place of contention when it comes to gender-based violence conversations and it really just comes down to what is the quality of the relationship a a lot of it is actually based in codependency and codependency says i need you to complete me you know think about all the movies we watch and uh, what, what we think romance is like and that's not based in reality. Real love is not a fairy tale. It's one of the chapters in my book. <laughs> because I had to relearn ways of interacting and what love was like. Um, because male or female, we cannot try and get identity and value and purpose and meaning from one person. It's not fair. We can't give that to somebody else. So in trying to address um, these unhealthy, codependent, toxic relationships, we have to look in the mirror, male and female, and say, why is this okay? Is there more? Is this healthy or not healthy? What is my part in contributing to this unhealthy dynamic? And how can I reconnect my head and heart? How can I come back to who I am? What is my purpose in life? What do I want to pursue in my life? And go and become a whole person, because I really believe that wholeness can be restored, and as you become healthier, then you're able to have healthier relationships. Let's go to a voice note of which we'll uh, wrap up after. Good evening, my sister. You are engaging people in a very important uh, subject. But the little I know of sociology, the family is the first socializing agent to a child. We call it a primary socializing agent. So for a, for a child, for a boy child to be abusive when he grows up, it means that boy child was socialized from the beginning to be a bully. Then he becomes abusive. This is my tech. This is what I, what, what I know. So that goes even to a girl. You find a girl wanting to be very ruthless to a boyfriend. It comes from the family. She saw her mother being very, very abusive to the, to the father. So the family is a backbone of the society. It is the primary socializing agent. This is from Asa from Limpopo. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much, Asa. Um, let's wrap up our conversation, Cheryl. But one thing I'm going to promise you, you and I are going to have another conversation around the spiritual abuse uh, very soon. I, I welcome that, Patricia. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, you want Go to... Go ahead. <laughs> no, I just wanted to say, I mean, in terms of what I would love the listeners to, to kind of grab hold of is that if they have been in an abusive relationship, if they are in one, they don't have to stay stuck that way. They can heal, they can get stronger, male and female, and that there's life beyond abuse. I think that's the biggest thing I want to share and sharing my story is that I never imagined that I could actually live a life where I feel happy, <laughs> I feel at peace, I'm looking forward to the future. To shift out of victimhood is saying, the past may have shaped me, but I refuse to let it define me. And I really hope that the listeners take courage tonight. If this was the voice that you were waiting for to say, okay, there's hope, I want to take a different direction, then I'm glad you listened in tonight. Mm. And uh, Cheryl, how do we get uh, hold of your book? I'm actually giving away my book uh, currently until midnight on Wednesday, this Wednesday. So if they just Google The Wholeness Revolution and go onto Amazon, they'll find it. They can download it there for free. If they want a print copy, they can just contact me uh, on my website, wholenessatwork, the word at, uh, .com, and I'll be happy to send it to them. All right. So uh, the A-team and myself are waiting for our copies. You will definitely get them. I mean, you can get the free version until Wednesday. Excellent, excellent. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you so much, Patricia, and uh, congratulations again on being the top station in the country. Mm, It's exciting times for us.